today's episode of Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland, we are bringing you an episode from the archives. This is our most popular episode to date, and it features Mark Kavanagh of Wexbury Spirits. We published this episode around this time last year, and Mark t- talked to us about his journey from the very tender age of 13, selling strawberries at the side of the road, right up to today, to his wildly successful alcohol brand, Wexbury Spirits. So we hope you enjoy today's episode with Mark Kavanagh. Thanks for having me, guys. Mark, you started out by selling strawberries. Is that right? Yeah, yeah um, I, I suppose it's, it's where it all started, I suppose. Um, I had gotten an old tool trailer belonging to my father when I was 13 years old and okay. decided that I was going to sell something. I didn't know what it was, but I got it into my head at one point that I was going to basically just set up my own strawberry stand. Um, and at 13? At thir- 13, yeah. Well, I had it at 12 and I figured out that the summer holidays weren't really too accommodating in, in primary school. So um, for the whole strawberry selling season, so I put it off for a year and kept the trailer. And uh, yeah, I started I started in my summer of first year in secondary school. And now actually, even after all my years going through it, now I, my youngest brother is only in his first year of secondary school and now he's starting to sell strawberries this year. Oh, so, wow. Okay, so it's obviously in the genes then. The gene, well, we have no history with it whatsoever, um, to be honest with you. It was really just a kind of a, a notion I had back in the day that started it all. Um, but I suppose where it, all, where it all kind of led to where we are today is, I suppose, again, anyone can have a strawberry stall, but I suppose it was one of the lessons that they teach in kind of basic economics is that they actually use the exact example of a strawberry stall that there's no possible way to differentiate yourself to the market because it's all perfect competition and everyone has the same price and there's nothing you can do to differentiate yourself. Um, I obviously saw that as a challenge and what happened was I was a, sure again a 13 year old chap with two signs and, a, and an old tool trailer and what I did back then was I started making my own handwritten signs um I got out some whiteboard marker and some old bits of plastic and I started making up my signs and one of the ones that went famous at that point was I I literally went up the road threw out in the sign support the small man explanation mark and I'd say after the few weeks of me trading I'd say that easily doubled my business because people thought this was hilarious um wow. I was also probably about six foot when I was in when I was 13 as well so they found that quite funny too but um I again it went really well for the first year I made enough money where I was able to upgrade the stall we went on and next thing I kind of I saw how well that worked with this with the signs and I came up with a few extra ones that actually went nationally viral um wow. most famous ones was 100% orgasmic Wexford berries and like that was picked up by all the local radio stations uh joe.ie the independent uh today uh, today fm um all, all picked up on a chat down in Wexford taking the piss on the side of the road. So it wow. gathered enough attention to, yeah, without a doubt, at least quadruple my business then at that point as regards, every, like I was running it completely by myself for, I'd say four years before I kind of got going properly as regards, then I got two stalls going and um, I got known in the area. Um, and then I suppose I knew I was between going to the leave insert. I 
I had to kind of stay going in the summer and I ended up paying fourth years, I suppose, to stay out in the stall and mining for me until I was so, able to So you'd already, you'd already started employing your your fellow students at that stage? I'd say I was in fifth year at that point, yeah. Um, and what did your parents I, make of you, this enterprising chap that had, you know, grown a business at this young age? Sure, I think it was probably one of the best things about my parents is that they'd always steer you away from a bad idea, but any idea that you, I suppose, that you would have that it'd have any bit of promise, they'd give you every bit of support. Um, like, again, it sounds like I had my strawberry stall, but every morning my dad picked me up, brought me to the farm, we, we bought the strawberries and then dropped me off at the stall for the day. So they were always very supporting that way um, and just let me do my thing. Um, again, with no history of it whatsoever, it was literally a notion where I had a, a driveway of my aunt and and I asked her if I could park it up there. It wasn't being used at the time. And I, I just set up from there. So again, we moved locations. It got better, uh, got better signs, got better location, started stocking more stuff, got everything built up. And yeah, I, I had two stalls by the time I finished and I was in sixth year. And what happened at that point, I said I wasn't going to sell strawberries for the rest of my life. Um, so I actually started, uh, I rented my own stall and kind of went to college and went traveling. I went to Africa, Texas, um, different parts of the summer as well. I had my stall leased at home. But I suppose one of the things that I did before it all finished up was that I had two stalls on the go. We had an awful lot of stock going out, but then mm. I suppose you'd have a wet week and business wouldn't be as good. You'd sell a heap of spuds, all right, but you wouldn't be selling strawberries as much. Yeah. So you kind of had that stock at the end of the day that I wasn't ever into selling bad or secondhand stock or trying to mix it in like, again, um, some people might try to do, but I always, what I used to do was at the end of the day, if there was a punnet left over, half a punnet, I used to be able to um, obviously make jam, but I, we had enough jam made at this point. Now you get fed up, fed up about this stage. But what I was happened, filling up with jam, probably. Well, yeah, exactly. But it was just a great way of reselling um, old fruit. But what happened was, I ended up out of a complete experiment trying to put Wexford strawberries sugar uh, and sugar into vodka. Again, okay. every day you'd have half a punnet or two punnets that you'd chop up and throw into the container. It'd preserve them, and we hadn't a clue how it'd turn out. This was weeks of, upon weeks of just bits of leftover stock being put into a plat, uh, a container. Um, and next thing, about two months later, we took it out and gave it a go. And it was really, really nice stuff. It was Wexford strawberry vodka. So again, at the time, it was received very well. Friends and family loved it. Um, but it was never, ever, ever meant to be commercialized. It was an idea that we tried. It was a great way of using old strawberries. And it was, it was kind of a little novelty at home to have a little bit of homemade stuff. So yeah. that's all it ever was. And then I went through my last, um, I did my degree in marketing practice in Dublin. And I suppose I was in my final year, finish up my last few weeks. Um, and just at that point, the COVID pandemic hit and we were in class at the time when we were told no exams, college is closing down and it all got very eerie all of a sudden. And what happened mm. was I, I was I, I was actually talking to him a while ago, um, my lecturer, Dave, um, he, he told me he drove me completely wrong at the time. He was telling me how he was going to buy gold because the economy was crashing and now is the best time to get into it. And even though I knew I didn't have money to go buying gold, 
I was there thinking to myself in complete panic, what am I going to do? I'm a marketing graduate going into a recession, mm. an assumed recession, I thought at the time. Um, how is this all going to pan out? And it was in it was in the heat of, I suppose, again, like I was in student accommodation with, with my pals and they were all chilling out, figuring out how they're going to finish off the semester. And here was me pacing, pacing the corridors, figuring out what I was going to do with my life. And in that hour, I'd say after leaving college, I had, for whatever reason, I sat down, calmed myself and I Googled businesses that thrive during recession. And out of those results, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, out of those results, it was uh, tobacco, chocolate, alcohol. So the kind of comfort items, I guess. Yes, things that make people feel good, essentially. And when I saw that, I was like, geez, I could. What about the strawberry vodka I'd made a few years ago? And it was literally at that point, I didn't know. I had no experience in, in, in the industry. I had no market research done. I had no real idea about how to go about doing it at all. And I just decided there and then that that's what I was going to do. I didn't, I knew it was going to be tough. The food industry is tough as it is um, and it's highly regulated, but the alcohol industry is a different step up again. So mm. I knew what I, I had a fair idea what I was getting into. Again, you don't, but I, um, I just said at that point, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make my strawberry vodka and sell it. So that was I mean, the of where we're at it's amazing how many ideas and, uh, you know, new businesses are being born in this pandemic, actually. Like we're finding a lot of um, new members are joining us in the last year. And, you know, obviously it's like that, an idea, maybe that someone has been sitting on for a while and then working from home or maybe, you know, is spending a little bit more time at home. It's allowed people to kind of maybe work on these ideas. So we're seeing a lot of uh, new entrepreneurship at the moment, which is great. Great to see. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, we got entered into the student en- uh, enterprise awards. Um, we're actually been shortlisted, but I was chatting to the people who were organizing it. and They said that they had over 300 entrants this year, which was off the mm. regular scale in comparison to where they were before. And now we're down to the, the last 50 shortlist now at the moment. So we're, I'm currently kind of frantically going around trying to put together our uh, business plan and get everything, uh, well, it was together, but to kind of optimize it for the competition at the moment. So it's um, it's very hectic now between trying to get this off the ground, um, do the masters, and it can get time to live your life as well at the same time. You're a busy man, Mark. And, and just going back slightly, so you had this idea, you decided, okay, recession, now is the time to do this. Where did you go from there then? Did you seek out any advice from anybody or how did you kind of get it from an idea to a product? Okay, well, this is kind of one of my biggest admissions and I suppose of the whole project is that if you had, if you were, if someone was to tell you that there was a 21-year-old on the phone and they were starting their own vodka brand and initially, how do you think it's going to get on? Um, would have a no industry experience or no idea how to go about doing it everyone would say he hasn't a hope and that is exactly the way it was going um for a long time not a long time I'd say maybe the first maybe six to seven weeks up until a point where I had told my uncle Pat who I was living with in Dublin at the time for college um about what I was doing and what I wanted to do and he had told me that he had a friend of his in the army who um has his own whiskey brand and I, that he wanted me to have a chat with him and you never know what bit of advice you could get 
and I did it. I, I always follow up on opportunities like that. Um, even with anybody, I always make it a point to follow up. And um, I got chatting to this man. His name is Stuart McNamara. He's actually, um, he, he's, he's, do you know what? You can name off all these titles and things a person has done for validation. But the biggest thing for me was, and Pat was telling me about him, was that this man's a gentleman. And when I picked up the phone, it was one of the first things without knowing my background or how I was going mm. about doing things. It was the pure and utter love to see a young person coming. Anything he can do to help. People helped him when he was getting going and he'd only love to do it again. And it was at that point he started telling me, right, these are the these this is where you get your alcohol from this is how you manage your taxes around that how you get registrations how you go about setting up a business um from i suppose scratch um complete scratch again it was the whole plan for this was that we were making the original strawberry vodka which was taking two months to Mm. make and then you kind of figure out very quickly that commercial viability around that idea isn't strong so um now we're after employing um fairly fantastic food technologist now um her name is wendy roberts she's actually the head food technologist for the super valley food academy it turned out in the end um but she's after helping us develop now our wexford strawberry vodka raspberry vodka and now working on a new flavor which you're going to keep as a surprise but we have a lot of things in the pipeline and we're we're getting it's all done above board and we have fantastic people there helping us get get there and then yeah. I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I would be today without the connections that I got from just picking up the phone that day. So it's I mean, a, we, we see that. coming on as an investor in the end. So oh, brilliant. it's amazing. It's amazing how it all um, panned out for the sake of um, like, I wouldn't have considered my family directly involved in the project in any sense, but the connections that I've found that I've gotten through family have been, I can't even describe to you as regards with people that know people that are able to put you in contact with someone else that is it's it's I can't even go into that story because it's so long with the amount of family and friends that helped me to get so far um but it's it is staggering when you ask for help there's there's people there that will help you especially I find Irish people are brilliant they'll always see a young chap trying and they'll always make it a point of helping them out like again if you're in your 30s they're like god what what's this guy about or what's his agenda but when you're so young and you're only starting off, I find people have such admiration for it that they're really eager to try and help you out, which I found is probably one of I my mean, advantages. That's, that's absolutely brilliant to hear. And like we've seen that in the Irish food community, our members, like anytime anyone puts up anything on social media, you'll find that it's other food and drinks producers that are sharing it, that are bigging up other, you know, people that are using other Irish mm. food producers as their own suppliers and that. So there's a great food community in Ireland and it's great to hear that she, that's that's been your experience. As and well. like as well, we're a part of the officially members now of the Wexford food family. Um, and again, yeah. I I I definitely I I definitely be the youngest member. I've 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 I'd actually know quite a lot of them from friends and family or from different events over the years. Ireland is so small. <laughs> Ireland is so so small. Um, you're dead right. But it was with the Wexford Food family. You find that the support network that they give is just amazing. It's I can't. I'm actually. 
like the amount of help that the guys that give you as regards help helping you get going as as you said sharing your stuff on social media it was one of the things that uh, myself and my marketing team started at the moment is uh wexford food family friday so every friday we put it up on our on our stories and our social medias about a different wexford food business um, and highlighting what they do and trying to drive mm. traffic to them um and I think that when everyone kind of pulls the rope in the community, everyone benefits. So we want to contribute to that as much as possible. Absolutely. And we we would definitely encourage our members to join their local food families. Like there's food families all over the country, you know, like the likes of the Tipperary Food Producers, the Limerick Food Group. Um, there's usually one in in every part of the country and they're great support and it's great to have that kind of network of people that have that, you know, the similar same experience. And you um, you joined GS1 Ireland. Obviously, you got your barcodes for your product. What made you decide to 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 join us here in GS1? Well, there was a number of factors. Um, oh, I would say that for the first of all, coming from a complete um, blank slate of not knowing anything about barcodes, um, I didn't think it was um, an important thing. I thought it was this just thing that you have to have in your bottle to scan and it goes through a register and that's all it is and then I suppose it's one of the biggest advantages I've had of the whole process so far is that I'm doing my master's in um, Smurfit and UCD at the moment in in marketing and um, retail innovation and one of the Mm. things that they're trying to nail home with us at the moment is that where innovation is going as regards um, products in general, um, but mainly food products, is like everyone from the past however many years has said, oh, we're sustainable, oh, we're traceable, but yeah. never really laid out in a transparent way that they are. Um, and I'm only after doing a huge project on it and how it works. Um, and you really begin to see the value of how GS1 and the way they set up their barcodes will value us in the long term or it would be of value for us in the long term. But one of the major things, um, and I think that a lot of people don't realize it yet, is that traceability through barcodes, and I don't mean traceability when uh, your food crowd is calling you up and wondering where your, where your records are, and then you have to produce them. I mean, when you look, pick up a punnet of strawberries, you should be able to scan a code. That should bring you straight to a, a whole section showing you um, where my whole project was, that in the future you will be able to pick up a pun of the strawberries, scan the code, and you mm-hmm. will get a virtual tour of the strawberry farm where your strawberries have come from and be brought directly to the tunnel where those strawberries came out of. So customers will be able to get a completely different perspective on where their food comes from and get far greater connection to the brands that are able to be that transparent. And to be able, like GS1, like there's loads of barcodes out there, but GS1 are able to, to integrate that into people's businesses. And it's really only um, when people are able to figure out how to optimize that to a certain level, mm. it's going to change the whole industry. And it's coming. It's it's in very early stages. We're working on it at the moment um, because we've been shown how to. Um, uh, I'm very privileged in the fact that we were. it was all laid out for us. Um, it, you just everything as regards the course that I'm doing like yeah it's a it's a heavy workload when you're doing a master's and trying to run a startup at the same time but it's um to get the help of people who have PhDs who have industry experience who are bringing in all these people 
um, working in industry that are there telling you how things are going, where the whole operation is going, has been massively, massively um, beneficial for us. So it's really just going to use all the connections and all the benefits and try and kind of mush them all together into the idea that is Wexbury Spirits. Again, people look at it and say, oh, it's going great, but and geez, you're fantastic. But everything that's been done here is a, a culmination of some of the Ireland's best marketers, industry professionals. And um, I, I wanted to take this time to say thanks to them all because I wouldn't be after getting half as far without any. So it's, again, I'm really, really lucky in the position I'm in to be able to access all these people. So it's really just trying to maximize uh, that opportunity when you have the chance. And how are you hoping to implement that new technology, those intelligent barcodes into Wexbury Spirits? Do you have a plan for that or is that something that's that you're already in process with? So the way that we would integrate our traceability is the, we get all of our barley from the Hookhead Peninsula in Wexford and that's, um, that is redistilled then into six times distilled, farm distilled Irish vodka, making it eight times distilled farm vodka, uh, farm distilled vodka. And we should be, the way I plan on integrating in the future is that if you could imagine sitting down at your laptop and typing in your home address and mm. Google Maps brings you along the road and there's your front door. I see a future where farms or producers will be able to pay the people with these cameras essentially going around on their cars to take a tour of their farms, their facilities, and to have, I suppose, an internal um, like intranet essentially where the Google map will only run within that business and not as, I suppose, showing you the whole countryside of, of Ireland, but just that individual business and showing you where your food comes from, um, where it's like, located, how clean is their facilities, um, how many strawberry tunnels do they have. Again, you can use loads of different examples, but when you're able to just, again, scan your GS1 barcode, go in, and these people will be able to integrate how your um, SKU numbers work, and then, as I said to you before, bring you straight to the area where your food is produced, packed, and shipped off. And that will bring a completely different element of trust to people and their food in the future. And I can see it coming big time. Mm. Um, what's the name of them? Uh, oh, God. Um, IBM came in and gave us a lecture on it and how they're currently, that's exactly where they're going as regards the future um, and with agriculture. That's, that, that, that is going to be everything. And it's going to be a case of, it's like the sustainability trend at the moment. If mm. you're not thinking about the environment, people aren't going to be thinking about you. So yeah. it's going to work the same way, but it's the next trend after sustainability is where I, I can see this going. And I can really see how that's kind of built into your brand, the, even the sense there that you started off when, you know, the idea came from wondering how am I going to use up these strawberries that are, you know, haven't been sold at the end of the day. The whole kind of idea is based around that idea of sustainability and, you know, yeah. little to no way. So uh, I think you have a head start there on that one. Um, well, half of our half of our value of what's going on in our brand is that, like anybody off the street, could put Wexford strawberries into a spirit. But to be able to have that backstory of where I came from when I was thirteen and how it all built up and the story behind that and how that integrated into what this is today, um, like the way that Wexbury is set up, it sounds like 
Wexbury, like how, how long did that take you to think of? But everything around Wexbury is that you like even Irish people who are familiar with Wexford and the traditions around um, agriculture and strawberries will get their Wexford reference mm. in the name. But our brand is Wexbury Irish Strawberry um, Vodka, or as the as a, as as as, uh, as as what's on the board behind me here is the spirit of Wexford. And um, mm. what, what that's gearing up is basically international sales because as great as getting in with super value is at the moment and we're talking to um, loads of different retailers, export is where you need to go if you want to do volume. And it's what I was told by all, all the guys there, you're talking to lads that are, that are their, their, their bread and butter is exporting Irish drink. And mm. as great as the Irish market is, long-term sustainable growth, you need to be looking at exports. So that's why I suppose it's not... Um, directly associated with Wexford but it is enough to ex- show people um, without explaining to them um, when they look at the product that the, I suppose the history behind it all and it, again it's just trying to get that whole story across kind of on brand equity to make it effective so it, it is it's 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 very important. And what's next for for Wexbury Mark? You've already done so much and you've kind of got the brand up and running and um, where are you going to go from here? Well, you see, this is this is half my problem at the moment. Is when you're doing social media, um, everyone is like, "Geez, you're going great, isn't it fantastic?" And you have a, you have a great product. Like, we don't have a product yet, um, and I'm very blunt about that. I'm not here to try and make things sound a lot better than they are. Everything's ready. Our vodka is distilled. We have our fruit lined up. We have our bottling sorted. It's a case now of getting our we're, our labels are being printed at the moment and the second that we're able to put all of those um things together um we will be launching straight into super value so again it's it's all lovely it's all lovely in theory but it's nothing it's nothing until you're able to hold the actual bottle in your hand completed fully ready to go for retail and when are, when are you hoping to launch into super value do you know yet or oh, it'll be in the next uh, month and a half Brilliant. So very soon then. So yeah, it's um it's Super Valley Food Academy. They've been fantastic with us. Um and actually they were probably the first ones to recommend me to uh, use the GS1 barcode system. Um so again, they've been hugely, hugely helpful for helping us get off the ground and get going. And as well, it's great to be able to get a system where you're able to get into such a large retail operation and get started. Um mm. they'll, they'll give you enough stores to get you going. Um, but not enough to put pressure on you um, and to essentially just give you give you the start you need to get going. Um, so we're really, really grateful for that. And yeah, we're just about to graduate. It's really exciting. But yeah, next steps. Yeah, get going, make it happen. Um, if you can't sell, if you can't sell Wexford strawberry vodka in Wexford in the summer, it's <laughs> like you you know. So it's time to it's time to actually. Um, it's really strange. You've been talking about I've been talking about from since last March, and now it's actually happening so it's uh time to time to make it happen brilliant and mark so you know you, you've made this happen and you've got started and you're nearly in super value and um, would you what advice would you give maybe to other food and drink producers starting out now so you're going to be probably very soon in the position where you're going to be giving advice to that younger generation and um, what would you what would you think would, would be the advice you might give I'm thinking there's loads of things in my head, but what would actually make the most difference to people? Um, 
if someone was telling me they had a food idea or a product idea in the morning and they were explained there to me, yeah, very promising, great backstory. It can be all those things, um, but on, and it can be the best product in the world, but unless you're able to market it in an effective way, which will make someone pick it up off the shelf and be interested in it, you're never going to get volume or I suppose being taken seriously again everyone applaud you your artisan you're small um, it's all really lovely but one of the best things that I've done um, and I've done on the back of advice again from industry veterans that know what they're on about is to invest in your brand your brand is everything it's everything it's it's your be all and end all it's if you start your company it's what you're going to be looking at for the next 20 years Mm-hmm. Um, and unless you're constantly changing it, you start off with something that you designed yourself online or you got a, a friend of the family to design something up for you and it kind of got you going. I think it was one of the best calls they made was to invest in brand early on. And we got a fantastic brand designer, um, Gillian Murphy, um, who had designed numerous different al- alcoholic drinks, um, um, brands and labels. And she was very, very good to take me on. And we've been working with Gillian now since last july and i suppose it's been that long since last july and that we're only getting our labels completely finalized and ready now so you can imagine the process that that goes through and especially mm. i'm i'm in a i'm in a luxury position where i'm able to bring that into people with phds in marketing and setups um to be able to break it down and find out what's good what's not good to be able to refine it down to this point where we're at now um and i just say branding is everything um, unless you have, unless you have that, no matter how good your product, people aren't going to engage with it. Um, and as well, probably one of the biggest things that I've learned. Um, and again, I'm mad into business and marketing and audiobooks. Um, I, I live by them, but people, people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. Um, and I just felt, I suppose, that the Wexford Strawberry and such a famous brand that it is, it deserved to be more. And I felt that. If I did this right, I could bring it to a global audience. Mm. Um, but also, when you're addressing any of your people on social media, your 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 main customers, your potential customers, people engage with stories that puts them in the driving seat of being the main character. You can speak about yourself, your fantastic story, your fantastic products over and over and over again. And people will be like, oh, sure, it's lovely. Sure. Again, you're a cousin down the road, you'll throw them a like or whatever. People engage with stuff that basically it's almost semi newsworthy bits and pieces that happen that make it kind of interesting to listen to. But I found that when you put people in the driving seat as regards why you're doing it in the first place. Mm. So ours is that people love Wexford strawberries. I've been selling them to people for the last 10 years of my life. Um, I know they're huge fans of them and you can only get them three months of the year. So now I'm allowing people to basically pick up a bottle of Wexbury and get that same summertime, iconic summertime experience Mm. in every drink of Wexbury. And that's me putting them in the main character position of what's going on in the story. Great advice, Mark. Thank you so much. I'm sure people, you know, will, will definitely find that, um, find that useful. Um, Mark, how can people get in contact with you if they want to follow your your journey on social media or find out how to get hold of your products? Yeah, um, our you can get us on most socials at, at Wexbury Spirits. Um, we're just developing our website at the moment. Um, 
So that's not available to say yet. But even if someone wanted to contact me through here, um, my email is mark at wexbury.com. Perfect. And you're on Facebook and Instagram as well, aren't you? At Wexbury Spirits. At Wexbury Spirits, yes. Yeah. Perfect. And um, Mark, did you want to add anything before we let you go today? Or um again, I think I just like to take the, the time just to acknowledge that it, again, as it, as we've been going along, that it's kind of sounds like the, the way that the story is gearing up that it's all kind of centered around me and the way things are getting going. And I'd like to really emphasize to people how much I would not be anywhere close to where we are today without the help, help of some of the fantastic friends and family um, that I am beyond privileged to know. Um, and to, I, I, it's just, it's really, really important to me that I acknowledge them because I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am today. And they're all still continuing to help me, even for forever the last few months. And they're there looking at me coming with, with, with homemade bottles of stuff, trying to figure out my recipe for however many months in the last year. <laughs> and they've all been fairly accommodating to tasting it and listening to it. was all after going. So I'd just like to, especially to lecturers, different uh, industry professionals who are helping me at the moment. I have a fantastic team of five marketers. Um, I'd like to give them a mention, Jean. Earl, Ellen, um, Emma and Neve, who are um, essentially helping Wexbury get to the shelves at the moment. And I wouldn't be anywhere close to where we are without all of those people. So I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. Really, I'm sure they'll appreciate that. And it's a brilliant story, Mark. And we wish you all the best with it um, over the coming months and years. I'm sure it'll be uh, a great success story. And I'm looking forward to working with you guys as well. It's really, really exciting what you're doing. So can't wait. Thank you to our contributor today, to Mark Kavanagh of Wexbury Spirits. Today's episode of Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland was presented and produced by me, Fanula Malone. You can subscribe to Scan Talk on Apple, Google, Acast or on our website, gs1ie.org forward slash podcast. Talk to you next time.